stay a while with you if I can and maybe put on some shoes and kind of bring into perspective what's going on here. So I remember September, or I'm sorry, September, I remember December, I think that's the month that Christmas is in, right? I remember December 25th, 1977, really well. And uh, I remember it because I got this racetrack 39 years ago today. And uh, it's a pretty sweet track, let me just say it. It doesn't work quite as well as it once did, but uh, I had a memory of my dad one Saturday morning coming and inviting me into the living room, and he had this thing that no longer exists. It was called the Sears Roebuck Catalog. <laughs> Amen to the catalog, right? And the only section that mattered to me was the toy section. And I remember my dad had been hearing me talk about wanting a racetrack for Christmas. And so he invited me over and he says, now, which is it, the one that you want? And I pointed out the TCR racetrack, total control racing. We're not messing around. I'm nine years old. I got this covered. And this was, for those of you who know racetracks, this is a slotless racetrack, which meant you could have passing. It was amazing. I played with this track for hours on end. For years, I played with this racetrack. And if those of you who know me well, you know how much I enjoy racing. And this is just, that's why I've kept it, is part of that, part of that memory. And if you were to stop and think, if you were to ask to rank one of the top Christmas gifts that you received as a kid, what would it be? If you were to think back to your childhood and think, well, what's one of those Christmas gifts that I received that just stands out? That, that you think about Christmas and you're like, oh, I remember that. That was so much fun to receive that as a gift. Well, this is definitely, this is definitely one of mine. And I did a little research, and what I found was over the last... I don't know, 60, 70, 80 years, some of the top gifts that people have wanted and have received for Christmas. And I kind of do this a little bit more of a kid uh, orientation. So if you got one of these as a kid, kind of give a shout out like, woohoo, or Merry Christmas or something. Uh, these are the top gifts I came across uh, through the decades. A teddy bear, yeah. a Barbie doll, a Red Ryder BB gun. An Etch-A-Sketch, an Easy Bake Oven. Uh, I got a Rubik's Cube one time, and some of us might have even received a tricycle or a bike. Yeah, yeah. I, what I did is I did some more research, and I looked at what the top 2016 gifts are for Christmas. This is what I came across, and maybe you opened one of these or are going to open one of these today. A drone. We know we're in 2016 when we're like, I want a drone for Christmas, Mom, right? A drone. If you don't know what a drone is, just imagine a helicopter, and there you go, all right? So, a drone. Uh, with the new Star Wars movie that just came out, Star Wars action figures. Uh, Legos are always popular, but this year it's Legos Minecraft. Don't know on that one. Uh, Shopkins. I know what Shopkins are. I'm a dad who has a daughter. I know what Shopkins are. Another one that caught my attention as a top gift is what's called Little Live Pets Puppy. And I guess it's some puppy that's as realistic as you can make it without it actually being real. I don't know if there's the part that I had to do to, you know, if you're going to have a pet, you're going to have to learn to do this job too. I don't know. 
But as a parent, I think the reaction of kids' response to opening a gift is a gift in itself. Have you had that gift? When you see your children or somebody that you gave a gift to and their reaction is just so jubilant, so excited, and they just scream out, yes, or they scream out and say, thank you, you know, or thank you, mommy, come give the, the death hug at, at that moment. And I think to hear your kids do that, um, it creates this memory. And a lot of that time, you'll get the camera out, right? Honey, did you, did you charge the camera? Did you put, well, we used to say, did you put film in the camera? What was that? Uh, but now it's, did you charge it, right? Is the card empty enough to hold the, you know, or is your phone ready to go, right? We know how that works today. And we capture that moment on film. We did that for a few moments this morning at my house. And this jubilant reaction reminds me of another story, uh, of a memory from Christmas. And, and while this particular story wasn't captured on camera, it was captured in the pages of Scripture for us to see this morning. And I'd like us to reminisce for a few moments this morning about this story. But let me set it up this way. Uh, we've all uh, sung the famous Christmas carol, Angels We Have Heard on High. In fact, we're going to sing it here in just a little bit. But angels we have heard on high. In the second verse of the carol, there's, there's a jubilant reaction. Uh, it's a reaction that's almost kid-like. It, you probably know this. It says this, shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? In other words, why are you so excited? What is going on? What could possibly happen in your life right now that would get you so excited? I mean, these are shepherds. You know what shepherds say? Not much. <laughs> not much. There's not a whole lot of things that shepherds say. They are workers. They're out with the sheep. They live a life that's not in the spotlight. They live a humble, lonely life, hanging out, with some sheep that aren't the smartest animals on the planet. It goes on, and it says this, What the gladsome tidings be which inspire your heavenly song. What is it? What is it that's gotten in you that inspires you to act completely differently than any other shepherd has ever acted on this planet? What is it? that What's stirring in you? What has changed? What's come in that's changed your life? Again, you're looking at shepherds, and shepherds don't say much. They don't do much. They're just out. They're kind of smelly, like the sheep. Kind of unforgettable. Just, just, they're not remembered. They're not getting Christmas cards for Christmas, okay? And so these, these, these two questions, or three questions, uh, if we're keeping track of numbers here, uh, are asked. And, and basically what it comes down to is, is it, it stems from, these questions stem from the chorus that they were singing, and the chorus, of course, is Gloria in excelsis Deo. Gloria in excelsis Deo. It is loud. It is boisterous. It is jubilant. It is full of passion. And because they are shepherds and because they're outdoors, they can use their outside voices. They can let it rip. They can scream. They can shout with jubilation. 
And that's where this song comes into play. Like, why are you going? And man, we can hear you. You're so full of energy. Not that I've ever been accused of that, right? Let's revisit this story for a few moments this morning from the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. And as we do, I want to offer a couple of insights from these shepherds that I hope will be uh, encouraging to you. And from these two insights, um, I want to have us apply some wisdom to our lives. So if you got a Bible, I invite you to open up to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And I call this a jubilant chorus of praise. And if you, those of you who are doing our daily bread, you know that devotion, you've already read this this morning. It's in there. So if you have a Bible, Luke chapter 2. Let's just look at verses 8 to 14. So it says, in the same region, and of course, this is the region of Bethlehem, so close enough by, it's not like they're a flight away, they're close enough by. So in the same region of Bethlehem, where Jesus is born, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold... I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among men with whom he is pleased. So this story begins with the arrival of an angel delivering some really, really good news. The shepherds are going about life shepherding sheep. Not a lot of activity happens with sheep. It's just kind of a boring life at times. It's, it's, it's sometimes less stressful, but it's not a lot of action going on. And so these angels show up. This angel shows up delivering good news. To, to kind of get my mind around this, the way I looked at this, this in my mind would be like, well, you've gotten Christmas cards, I'm guessing, in the mail, right? And I'm guessing when you go to your mailbox and you get this card, this card, this card is from the Queen of England, and it has her royal stamp on the envelope. And you hear this, you see this, you're like, whoa, this are you kidding me? This is, this is not a normal card that you get, right? And so you see this. This is this idea of this one angel coming that speaks up. And you're like, wow, what is this? What is this message? It's coming. And then verse 13 says that suddenly, in other words, surprise, a host of angels arrived. Again, with my mind, I'm trying to think of it. To me, this would, this would kind of be like... And you go to your door, and it's the queen. She says, hello. <laughs> Would you like to have a spot of tea with me? And you're thinking, are you serious? Yes. Would you like to come to the palace? Maybe have a sleepover? And you're thinking, this is insane. I cannot believe this is unfolding right here. This host of angels, it makes you step back. It makes you pause because of this revelation that's happened to you. Again, you're shepherds. You're dealing with sheep. It's not an exciting life, but this has changed them. 
And then the phrase, the glory of God in the highest, in verse 14 in Latin, is gloria in excelsis Deo. The chorus, of course, of angels we have heard on high. And this chorus by the heavenly host is an eternal chorus. It's silent, and all of a sudden, they're going with their sheep, maybe some moans and some sheep, you know, out in the distance, right? And all of a sudden, the silence comes into this sound. Imagine that sound waking you up in your normal daily life, your nightlife, whatever it was you're doing with the sheep. Uh, to me, it, it would be, this is, this is kind of what I call like a sound bite of heaven. For those of you that are in the iTunes world that you go and you look at music on iTunes and you click on the sample and you get to listen for maybe, I don't know, 45 seconds a minute, but you don't get to listen to the whole song. You certainly don't get to listen to the whole album. It's just that sound bite. For those of you from the radio generation, it's the idea where you're driving on a country trip and you tune into a station that comes in and it's not a real strong signal where you're driving along, but it's enough to capture it. And now there's something alive on that particular station that's coming through the speakers. And you listen to this, and then you drive away, and obviously the sound goes out. That's this idea. You've tuned in. You've got a soundbite of what's going on in heaven. Who gets to hear that? But the shepherds. The shepherds are hearing this. And as Gloria and Excelsis Deo cries out from heaven, we learn why the shepherds were chosen to hear this chorus. At the end of verse 14, it says, And on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Well, what does it take to please God? Well, faith would certainly be one thing we could think of. I also want to submit to you humility. If there's anything that the shepherds had to learn about taking that job, is you're not going to get a lot of recognition. You're not going to get awards. You're not going to have a lot of friends on Facebook. No one's going to be tweeting about you. It's just not something that anybody's going to follow on Instagram. It's not, that's not who you get to be. So you understand humility. You understand not being recognized by anybody. And in, for the most part, kind of, well, you're a shepherd. You just stay over there and do your job. And yet this is the people who God is pleased with. And so here they are, and, and they're working through here. And as I look at this, I believe that God bestows favor and peace on the humble, not those who are boastful, not those who are proud. The shepherds are perfect. I mean, if you think about it on Christmas morning, when you give a gift to someone who is humble and grateful for what you've given to them, that makes that gift giving even better, doesn't it? When they are, thank you, and they almost blow you away of their excitement. That's the right attitude, and that's what's happening here with these shepherds. And as a result of the angel's announcement in verse 9, and as a result of the angels and the host of angels in verse 13, the shepherds respond in faith. Something else that would please God. To this message of Christmas, look at verses 15 and 16. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, I'm sure they're catching their breath at this point, the shepherds began saying to one another, I'm sure this is in here, dude, <laughs> let's go straight to Bethlehem then. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. I, I look at this and I've seen that there's faith and I'm seeing that they're saying, let's go. 
The sheep are fine. <laughs> Forget these guys. We've got an incredible message. And we've got something to go and see that no one else is going to get to see but us. Let's go now in a hurry, running to go to Bethlehem to see Jesus. It's, it's like seeing a Christmas gift under the tree. And it has your name on it. It's for you. And you're like, oh, man, I don't have to wonder who this is for. It's for me. It says so. This is the message for the shepherds. Go and see. Take off. And you step out in faith, and you noticed I acted in faith. Did I not? I opened the gift. I didn't just sit there and go, well, it looks like a nice present. It does have my name on it, but I don't really think there's anything in there or worth seeing. The shepherds respond in faith. They go in a hurry. And that's what they're doing here. They take the step of faith. They go to unwrap the gift. And the gift, of course, is Jesus. It's God. It's Emmanuel. It's God with us. It's the Lord in a manger. This is why they're so jubilant. That goes back to that. So why are you so jubilant? Why are your uh, joyous strains prolonged? And you see, the angel surprised them. The host of angels inspired them. And seeing Jesus face to face, God himself, generated jubilant celebration between them. It's like Sunday, December 25th, 1977. You could say, well, were you really surprised? Yeah, I was. I was surprised to get this. Yes, my dad did ask me to come look at the catalog and point out the one that I wanted. But if you take the broad, broader context of 77, three months earlier, my mom had passed away. So I wasn't quite sure how Christmas was going to go. So when my dad asked me what I wanted for Christmas, I'm like, Dad's got a clue. I thought it was just Mom. But Dad's cluing in here. And then to actually, because you can have your request made, your wish list made out, but it doesn't mean you're going to get it. So I was surprised to actually get this. And the jubilation I felt uh, inspired me. And, man, I was pumped, not like I still am. Uh, but, man, I was excited. I was jubilant. You could definitely, if it was captured on film, I don't remember that it was, but there was some shooting and hollering and screaming and just carried on for a few moments when I got that track. And so as we've looked at this story, this chorus of praise, and we're going to sing Angels We Have Heard on High in just a few moments, I want to ask a question before we do. And it's this, what insight can these shepherds offer us here on Christmas Day? What insight can these shepherds offer us here on Christmas Day? A couple thoughts. Number one is this, when you encounter Jesus, you'll celebrate his presence in your life. When you encounter Jesus, You'll celebrate his presence in your life. Look at verse 17. When the shepherds had seen this, that's Jesus, the manger scene, the nativity as we've seen around. They made known the statement which had been told them about this child. When they had seen, when they had seen him, the, the, their faith in what the angels had told them led them to go and see Jesus. They saw him. And it was an act of faith in response to the temptation given by the Father to encounter his son. No one else was getting to do this but the lowly shepherds. And the shepherds did, and they became eyewitnesses of his presence. 
they experienced the greatest Christmas, the first Christmas that you could ever experience. Wow, Christmas number one. And they get to be there. And in response, they spread the word. When they said, seen this, they made known the statement. They did that first privately amongst themselves. And then they went up forth and made it even more. They spread the word. They became the first evangelists, if you will, of the, of the Christian era. And notice the reaction in verse 18 of the others, the world, if you will. And all who heard it, heard the shepherds, wondered first at them, I think, and then at what they said, at the things which were told them by the shepherds. Shepherds? The guys that are off the map. The guys that don't really have a life. <laughs> They're the ones we're hearing this from? This does not make sense. This doesn't compute with the normal wisdom that we would think of. And once they've encountered Jesus, they celebrated his presence, and they made it known. How can you do this? How can you celebrate Jesus' presence in your life? Just like they did. You spread the word. You spread the word. My guess is you probably have a Christmas tree at your house or Christmas decorations at your house or maybe some Christmas cookies that you made. Save some for me. Uh, maybe you have lights on your house. Some of you are wearing Christmas clothing that we just got. It, it, having that, it, it, it says that you're celebrating Christmas. In effect, you are spreading the word that anybody and everybody who drives by your house or sees you or hears your conversations knows, oh, I know what you're about. You're about celebrating Christmas. You're spreading the word. It's being known. You're making a public declaration that I celebrate Christmas. I celebrate Christ's birth. Similarly, if you encounter Jesus and, and, and celebrate this, I believe you'll spread the word about him. I believe you'll let others know about him. And so if you're here today and, and you were invited by somebody and you're a guest here, you've never been to Grace Hills, I want to say welcome. And I just want to say this to you. If someone invited you today, my guess is, is that, that it's because that person has encountered Jesus and they are simply following this joy that they have. And the invitation that you received from them is just a way for them to spread the word about the encounter they've had with Jesus. So what insight can these shepherds offer? So one, when you encounter him, when you encounter Jesus, you'll celebrate his presence in your life. This is the insight, insight the shepherds give us on this day. It's an insight that apply, applies not just to today, but to all days of the year. Second insight I'll give you is this. When you're transformed by Jesus, you'll celebrate in worship of him. When you are transformed by God, you will celebrate in worship of him. Look at verse 20, the last verse for today. The shepherds went back, back to their job, back to normally what they were doing. But how did they go? glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told to them. Just as been told to them. Not only did this transformation of the shepherds, that this happened and lead them to celebrate and worship in Bethlehem, but it continued on the road back. That's why we see in verse 18, this, they wondered, they heard these guys coming. And they noted that. And it continues even after they've gone back to shepherding their sheep. They've gone back to their role, their job, their daily routine. 
the ones that we'll go into this week. But they're still, they're still celebrating and in worship of Jesus. It reminds me of Luke 10, 17, when the 72 disciples returned in joy and celebration for the fruitful evangelistic trip that they had had. They came back just on fire, jubilant from their fruitful preaching the mission, just like the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. I mean, I don't know about you, but how many of you sing to yourself when no one else is around? No? Oh, a few of us are brave enough to raise our hands. Uh, we, you know, it's like the shower, okay? What is the volume in there so good? Uh, you sound way better than you ever will elsewhere, at least for me. And Anyway, I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, here they are out with the animals, and now they're singing a tune. Gloria and excelsior. Let's go, sheep. Come on. I mean, they're just feeling it. I have to believe that they are not the same guys anymore, you guys. They have been transformed by Jesus, and they're celebrating in worship of, of him. How can you do this? How can you celebrate in worship of Jesus? I have an answer for you. Love him with your life. Love him with your wife, with, with your life. That's how you can celebrate in worship of him. It's called the lifestyle of worship. Here at Grace Hills Church, we call that owls. <laughs> it's oikos, worship, life groups, and service. Oikos, it's just letting Jesus be known among those who are around you, whether it's family, friends, people you work with, neighbors, whatever it is. It's just making him known. And, and, and then, then we have worship, worshiping and singing, worshiping and praying, worshiping and studying God's word, worshiping and giving. Then we have life groups to where we take God's word and we dive into it a little bit deeper in the middle of the week with a, with a bunch of other people with some great food and some fun and some laughs. And we go into that. And we pray for one another. I want to encourage you to start off your new year, January 15th, the week of January 15th, when our life groups start back in. Get into that. Do that. Commit to that. Love him by joining a life group. And then service. Whether it's serving in a ministry here on a Sunday or midweek, or serving as a life group and in a project that you might go out and do, it's a way to go out and love him with your life, a lifestyle of worship. Because when you're transformed by Jesus, you'll want to celebrate and worship. As I thought about this, the reaction is similar to what you might hear on kids on Christmas morning. You, you hear this, in the, and with the kids opening their presents, I mean, you just see it, and you're like, get the camera. You've got to snap that shot. And the, 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 the sound of Christmas morning with kids and with others, there's a sound to it, right, that you want to capture, that you have in your mind. And then you can feel that joy, feel the exuberation, feel the excitement, feel the energy. And so if you're here as a guest and, and you've come to church today and maybe you're not a Christian and maybe the church thing, eh, I don't know. And one of those things that you've never quite understood is, why do you Christians sing all the time? Like, what's up with the music? Look at that drum set over there. Like, why do you have all that? It's because we've been transformed by Jesus. We can't help but celebrate and worship of him. It's when you've been transformed by him, you can't keep your mouth shut. You can't just sit there in silence. 
The transformation is too great by the love, living God who loves you. That's why we do that. What insight can we gain from these guys, these shepherds? Well, in the second one, as we transform by Jesus, they'll celebrate in worship of him. It's an insight that applies not just to Christmas Day, but to every day of the year. So if you've encountered Jesus, if you've been transformed by Jesus, there's going to be a chorus in your life. There's going to be a chorus in your life. And it's not going to be just on Christmas Day. It's going to be every day of your life. And if there's a chorus of Gloria and Excelsius Deo in your life, somebody may stop you at some point in time in your life and go, why this jubilee? Why are you singing? What has gotten into you that makes you live the way you do? Why do you not get down like others do? Why do you seem to not look at the trials and the challenges of life with no hope? But you have hope. You seem different. What is it about you? And may it be just like it was the shepherds. May your answer be very simple and say, it's Jesus. It's Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's nothing but Jesus. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. And I will sing it with sheep if I have to. It will be Jesus. That's the chorus of my life. That's what I sing. And so I say, friends, thanks for being here. Merry Christmas. And let's pray and let's sing angels we have heard on high. Lord, I stop and I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to enjoy Christmas. God, for the gifts that we've received, for the joy that you brought into our lives. God, thank you so much for that. And God, I pray and ask that you would just allow us to celebrate continually this day for your glory. Lord, may we continue to appreciate this birth that you've given to us, your son. Thank you, God, for this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. <laughs>